Go with me in your Bibles to the book of Titus. Okay, if you don't know where Titus is, keep your finger in the book of Concordance. But Titus, go to Hebrews, go to James and Hebrews, and then go left one street over. Titus. Now, a, a friend of mine in Jerusalem by the name of David Stern, a Christian Jew, wrote this Bible called the Complete Jewish Bible. And what that is, is in our Bible, words have been changed to fit Christian doctrine. They've been, they've been changed. Okay? To try to make it make sense to try to the the bible has has not been it's one thing to translate the bible it's another thing to interpret us to us what the bible means so david stearns a jew in jerusalem uh wrote the wrote the uh the uh jewish bible now go with me to titus now all right look at me a second what did the talmud say the mikvah the baptism is being born again. The mikvah, say mikvah. Where do you hear what mikvah really means? The mikvah is, was considered by the Hebrew Bible the womb of the world. Okay? That's why Nicodemus said, do I enter a second time in my mother's womb? He said, you know this, you've got to be born by spirit and by water. The mikvah, the baptism, is rebirth. That's what he's talking about, being born again. Okay, just so nobody can say anything, you, ha- you must receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But that does not mean born again. That's what we say it means, but there's more to it than that. Okay, now look at, look at do, you have, uh, do you have Titus? Okay, look at chapter 3. Look at verse 5. Well, look, look, verse 4. First. But when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior, toward man appeared... Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Now look at the next words. Through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. What the heck does that mean? Let me read again. He saved us through the washing of regeneration. Is that what your says? Okay, now let me read it to you in Hebrew. But when the kindness and the love for mankind of God, our deliverer, was revealed, he delivered us. It was not on the ground of any righteous deeds we had done, not by works, but on the ground of his own mercy. He did it by the means of the mikvah of rebirth. The waters of rebirth, the baptism of rebirth, and the renewal brought about by which means the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So the baptism is rebirthing, recleansing. Just think if you are praying on your business or you're praying about something and your mind is not clouded by principalities and powers and rulers of darkness in this world. It's not clouded by all the television and the movies and the, 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 the spirits that are floating around, but you can have a renewed mind. Our English Bible, our English Bible says the washing of regeneration. That's not a translation. That's an interpretation. 
the real translation is the rebirth through the baptism or through the mikvah. So when you get saved, get baptized so he will birth again a new spirit in your mind, renew your mind, where we can hear the Holy Ghost, we can see the Holy Ghost, we can receive the Holy Ghost, and we can be that end-time generation that sees the miracle power of God. Are you okay? All right, go with me to, is it okay to study the Bible? Go with me to the book of Ephesians chapter 5. Just because we haven't been taught it, you know... Christianity is, we, we've been doing great, but we've been a mile wide and an inch deep. We're about to get eight miles wide and eight miles deep. Okay. Now look at Ephesians chapter five, verse 25. Husbands love your wives just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of the water according to the word. When a bridegroom gets engaged to a bride, that bride before the wedding, she's been engaged. You know, we're engaged to Jesus. After you got a bride gets engaged before the wedding, she goes to the mikvah and gets washed, baptized, And it makes her, no matter what her past is, it makes her spiritually a virgin. Come on. Come on now. Come on. Let me read it again. (laughs) Cleanse it with the washing of the water according to the word. The mikvah. That he might present it to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle. How'd you like to not start? How'd you like to? Spot or wrinkle means. means no sickness and no debt. That it should be holy and without blemish. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies who loves his wife, loves himself. This is out of a book called The New Jewish Weddings. Understanding what, what they're teaching here. Now listen to this. All converts to Judaism are required to immerse themselves in the mikvah. Say mikvah, because you, you, you need to learn how to say it because it's going to blow your mind what it really means. Making their rebirths as members of the people of Israel. So their mikvah is a rebirth after they, now this is converts. These are not Jews. These are Gentiles who have now received the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And because of Jesus, we have been grafted in. Say amen. amen. Are you okay? See, you know what, you know what uh, church leaders tell, tell me? Don't teach this stuff to your church. Don't teach it to them. Get away from this Jewish stuff. It's the truth you understand that will set you free. If what we have works, we'd all be healed. We'd all be prosperous. We'd all be, so let's find out what we're missing. Okay. All converts to Judaism, and we have been, they, they, Paul said, they support us. We don't support them. So we have been grafted into the family of Israel, right? Are required to immerse themselves in a mikvah, making their rebirth. What must we do? Lord, what must, uh, 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 how do you do things? Jesus said, you must be born again. Break the curse off. Quit doing it as a ritual. Break the curse off your mind. 
Some Jews, both men and women, go to the mikvah in preparation for Yom Kippur when one has the opportunity to begin a new year with a pure heart. According to the Talmud, which I've been reading to you, the ultimate source of all water is, is the river that emerged from the Garden of Eden. By immersing themselves in the mikvah, people participate in the wholeness of Eden and are reborn. So when Nicodemus, the Jew, not the Gentiles, talking to Jesus, the Jew, and Jesus said, you must be born again, he's talking about a supernatural part that comes along with our conversion. The mikvah also represents the physical source of life, the womb. Okay? From which humans enter the world untouched by sin. For brides and grooms, the mikvah is a physical enactment of the passage from being unmarried to married. Entering the hoopah is a public declaration of a change in status. Entering the mikvah is a private transforming moment. Metaphorically, immersion creates newborns and virgins, so the mikkah can be seen as a demarcation between premarital and marital sexuality. A mikvah is any body of meim hayim, literally living water, Running water as opposed to stagnant water. And we'll get in a minute here on Jesus is the living water. So the mikvah, we're born again. We receive Christ, or we, we receive Christ as Savior. See, it's, it's a habit to say we're born again, again by receiving. We receive Jesus Christ as Savior. Our sins are washed away. We're on our way to heaven. But if we got a year or two, we get baptized. We come out. Our mind, our mind is renewed. Our spirit is renewed where we can now receive the Holy Ghost that will lead us and guide us and show us and teach us all things. Go a little farther. When a bride to be, we're not God's bride. We're not the Lord's bride yet. We're engaged. When the bride, the bridegroom to be gets engaged, he leaves the bride to be and he goes to his father's house and prepares a mansion. When we're ready, he comes back and gets us. But between he's over, he's over there building us a mansion. We're still here. The bride is now watch this. The bride to be is baptized. She receives a virgin status. No matter what she did before, it's not allowed to be brought up anymore. But watch this. Because of who she's engaged to, once she comes out of the mikvah, all of her past is buried in that water. And no request she asks is refused. And nothing is allowed to interfere with her happiness. Nothing is refused and nothing is allowed to interfere with our happiness. Now look what Jesus is teaching us. This is out of, there's another book I didn't bring it called The Master Plan of Judaism that teaches the things that Jesus is teaching. Are you okay? When you go into the mikvah, when you are baptized, look what Jesus is teaching. Number one, 
you leave this evil world and when you come up, you enter in to a spiritual world. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. Number two, when you come up out of the water, you are breaking the contract that Satan has put on you with this world's failure. You are more than a conqueror. How many have ever heard the scripture, you're more than a conqueror? And how many have, to be honest, the devil's beat you up a little bit? Well, where's the conquering? This is part. My, my people destroyed for what reason? When you come up out of that water, because of Adam, our sins are forgiven, but that's not all. When we come, repent, get baptized, break the contract that Satan has to cause this world to fail. And you and I are more than conquerors. Are you with me? Okay. Um, number three, when you come up out of the water, remember it's a renewing of the mind. It's a cleansing, a spiritual cleansing. Number three, when you come up out of the water, you go to a higher level of spiritual and God conscious and awareness. And when we come up, we're open now to hear the voice of God and the Holy Spirit will come on us and we'll be doing more than just falling down and saying Shandala Bippi. We'll begin to hear the voice of God. We'll begin to see the plan of God. Okay? Everything God does. Now, listen to me. Let's get some maturity here. Everything God does has a physical and a spiritual revelation to it. When you wash, when God tells the people in the Hebrew Bible, wash your hands. Physically, it washes away germs. Physical germs. That's why during the dark ages, when the bubonic plague wiped out Europe, most of Europe, they came after the Jewish people because the Jewish people weren't dying. They weren't dying, and so they said, well, you Jews have put, put this plague on us. The reason they weren't dying is, is the word of God, the Hebrew Bible said, before you eat, wash your hands. Right? That's the physical part. But when you wash before eating, and then you say the prayer, or you wash before studying, it not only breaks the physical germs, it breaks the spiritual germs. Everything God tells us to do has the worldly and the heavenly. It has how it'll help us physically, how it'll bless us spiritually. Are you with me? Okay. So in Hebrew, when it's talking about blindness, and I'm going to show you this, or it's talking about leprosy, there is a physical blindness, but there's also a spiritual blindness. That's what Jesus is talking about. He said they have eyes, but they don't see. They have ears, but they don't understand. There's a physical leprosy, which makes us unclean to stand in the presence of God. And there's a spiritual leprosy that makes us unclean. Are you with me so far? All right, now read with me one of the most Famous scriptures in all the Bible, Acts chapter 22, verse 6. 
Now it happened as I journeyed and came near Damascus about noon, suddenly a great light from heaven shone about me. And I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? So I answered, who are you, Lord? I always thought it was peculiar that Saul gets knocked to the ground. He says, Saul, why are you, Jesus says, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Saul's response is, who are you, Lord? We know. I thought it was an herb. No, you know. So I answered, who are you, Lord? With a capital L. And he said to me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. Now those who were with me indeed saw the light and were afraid, but they did not hear the voice of him who spoke to me. See, we need to not only see, but we need to hear. We need not be only hearers of the word, but doers of the word. So I said, what shall I do, Lord? And the Lord said to me, arise, go into Damascus, and there you'll be told all things which are appointed for you to do. And since I could not see for the glory of that light being led by the hand of those who were with me, I came into Damascus. Then when one Ananias, a devout man, according to the law, having a good testimony. So here's Jesus. He's already gone. He's got about to bring Paul into the, into the ministry so all Gentiles could be grafted in. And he uses Ananias, a devout man who's still following the Torah, having a good testimony with all the Jews who dwelt there, came to me and he stood before me and said to me, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that same hour, I looked up at him. Then he said, the God of our fathers has chosen you, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, has chosen you that you should know his will and see the just one and hear the voice of his mouth. Now look at me a second. Remember what Jesus said to Nicodemus? Unless you are born again, a rebirth in the mikvah, you cannot see Now look at me. Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. Rebirth of the mikvah. Unless you are born again, rebirth, you cannot see what God is doing. You can't see it. You're there. You're forgiven. You're on your way to heaven. But wouldn't you like to see what the Holy Ghost will tell you and show you of things to come? Now watch this. Then he said, the God of our fathers chosen you. His will and the, and see the just one and hear the voice of his mouth. For you will be his witness to all men of what you have seen and heard. And now, why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. Now look what happened. Saul was spiritually blind and physically blind. God gave him his physical sight back. And then Ananias, a follower of the Torah, said, now go get baptized. And when you get baptized, rebirth out of that mikvah, you'll see and hear what God wants you to do. Can I, can I take it a little further? Physical eyes were open. Spiritual eyes were open. Now watch this. 
Jesus said to Nicodemus, unless Nicodemus' physical eyes were open, he recognized Jesus came from heaven. He said, now go get born again. Do I enter a second time in my mother's womb? He said, you know the baptismal tank, the mikvah is the womb of the world. You got to be born physically. Then you got to be reborn spiritually. After you repent, get reborn spiritually and come up out of that water and the Holy Ghost who will lead you and teach you and guide you and show you all things will come upon you. And now you'll be able to hear and see the plan that God has for you. Somebody say amen. <laughs> Baptisma, being baptized to belong to something, is not what John the Baptist was teaching. John the Baptist was teaching not the Greek to belong to something, but the Hebrew to come out of the water so you can see and hear the will of God. Why did John the Baptist said, prepare yourself for the coming of the Lord? Repent and be baptized. Because when they repented, then they were baptized. They were reborn in that water because Jesus hadn't died on the cross. But it cleansed their minds so that when Jesus came, they could recognize him as the will of God and the Savior of the world. John chapter 9, verse, verse, uh, let's do, read verse 1. Now remember, physical and spiritual blindness, physical and spiritual leprosy, right? Now, verse 1, now as Jesus passed by, he saw a man who was blind from birth, physical blindness. And his disciples asked him, saying, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents that he'd be born blind. Generational curses. Jesus answered, in this case, neither this man nor his parents sin, but that the works of God should revealed in him. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is day. The night is coming when no man can work. As long as, as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Look at me. Until, until, and you're, you're going to understand this. Until the light comes on, you're in the dark. Right? Now remember that. Darkness, then light. Now remember that. And when he had said these things, he spit on the ground and made clay with saliva, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. Now, look at me a second here. We won't get down there, but if you remember the story, after he spit in the ground, molded the clay, put it in the blind man's eyes, and then we'll show you what happened. Right after the man is the blind is healed... The legalistic, the old wineskins of Jesus' day. There was old wineskins in Jesus' day and there was old wineskins in our day. The old wineskins said he can't be of God because he breaks the Sabbath. They didn't even care that the man was just blind. And now he sees, they said he broke the Sabbath. You know why? Because you're forbidden, you got to study the Hebrew. You're forbidden to build anything on the Sabbath. And when Jesus mixed mud and clay, it was the same as building a brick. They were blind then and they're blind today. And he said to him, he anointed his eyes the blind man with clay. Verse 7. And he said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam. When you go to Israel with us, I'll take you to that pool. It's still there. 
It's still there, okay? Which is translated sent. So we went and washed and came back seeing. So he was blind and the light of the world turned the light on and he could see, right? Okay, now watch this. Therefore, the neighbors and those who had previously seen him that he was blind said, is this not he who sat and begged? Someone said, this is he. Others said, it looks like him. And he said, it's me. (laughs) See, they had all the ritual, but they didn't have the revelation. Is this him? No, it just looks like him. He goes, no, it's me. Therefore, they said to him, how were your eyes opened? And he's answered and said, a man called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said to me, go to the pool called scent and wash, baptize yourself. So I went and washed and I received my sight. Repent. Get washed. He'll open your eyes. And you'll receive the Holy Ghost and he will lead you and guide you and teach you and show you things. There is spiritual blindness and there is physical blindness and the Lord takes care of them both. Somebody say amen. Amen. A little bit more. How many have ever heard of the Dead Sea Scrolls? The people who wrote the Dead Sea Scrolls were called the Aseans. The ones who baptize. Many think that John the Baptist was a a part of them. Listen to what they say. Now remember, baptism and the Dead Sea Scrolls, everybody's excited because it's pulling out mysteries. It's proving what Jesus taught, what the Torah taught is the same thing, right? I mean, this, this this is a miracle, okay? Remember what baptism is. Baptism is not joining something. Baptism is renewing the mind so we can see spiritually and hear spiritually what God is saying. Listen to what they said, the ones who wrote the Dead Sea Scrolls of the Essenes. They found in this, it's out of the Jewish encyclopedia, that the Essenes would do daily, daily baptisms in order to pronounce the name of God perfectly in their study and in their prayer. So in other words, they understood that it wasn't joining something They understood that it was a spiritual cleansing. And so they would baptize themselves daily. Remember what we just read? We read, let's move on from the doctrines of baptisms. The rabbis will wash their hands daily before they study so they can remind their spirit that the principalities and powers cannot block my understanding so that when I read this, the mysteries of the kingdom will come clear to me. So if they did it daily, how much more should we do it at least once the right way? Repent. Get dunked in the mikvah of rebirth. And then what? Receive what? The Holy Spirit. All right, now watch this. The rabbis teach in in the ancient writings to receive the Spirit of God or to stand in the presence of God or to be covered by the Shekinah glory. One must enter after repentance 
enter into the mikvah. We sing about the Shekinah glory. We talk about the Shekinah glory. We don't even know what it is. But we're about to live under it. Let me say it again. To receive the Spirit. Repent. Get baptized. Reborn in the mikvah. Rebirthing. Not, not your soul. Your, soul's re, your soul is, is brand new the moment you receive Jesus. But we are body. Circumcision of the heart. We are body, soul, we've received the Lord, our soul is new. If we were to die that moment, we would stand before the Lord, but we are also spirit. So it cleanses, renews the spirit of our mind so that when that Holy Spirit comes on it, we're not, what did he say? What, Tiz, what did he say? I can't figure out the movie because I can't hear the words. We can't figure out where we're going, but we're about to get a Holy Ghost hearing aid. Now watch this. The word mikvah. Remember how we heard the rebirth of mikvah, the rebirth of mikvah, the rebirth of mikvah? Go with me to Genesis chapter 1. The mikvah is the womb what? Of the world. Nicodemus, you know. Well, do I enter a second? You know the mikvah is the womb of the world. The word mikvah in Hebrew means the gathering of waters. Now, another Hebrew term is the waters of immersion, but the main, the main Hebrew uh, uh, um, interpretation is the gathering of waters. Genesis 1.10, And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters, he called the sea. The word, the, 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 in Hebrew, the gathering waters is the word mikvah. And God saw that it was good. Now watch this. Always in the Hebrew Bible and in the New Testament, always water and spirit bring about a new birth. Always. Let me show you. Genesis 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and darkness, remember when we come out of the waters, we see darkness was on the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters, then God said, let there be light. The creation of light was the spirit and the waters doing the supernatural thing. And when God said, let there be light, the spirit and the water brought us out of darkness and in the light. Are you with me? All right. Now watch this. Israel, when they were in Egypt, I won't take time to, to go to the scriptures. Remember Israel's in Egypt. All of a sudden, after 400 years of slavery, they repented and called on the Lord of Seboeth. God said, I want you to take a lamb, slay that lamb, and put it on the doorpost of your house. Pharaoh, Egypt, which is symbolic of the world, you and I were slaves of this world, Pharaoh said, get out of here. As they were leaving, here comes the world. Moses smotes the waters, the Red Sea parts, 
They walk through the water. Come on now. The enemy, the principalities and powers are swallowed up by that water. They were delivered by the grace of God. The blood on the door kept the angel of death. They went through the water, the water, which is symbolic of baptism, the rebirth of the mikvah. And when the waters closed, they were on the other side. They were still in this world, but they were not bound by Egypt anymore. Can I give you another one? First Peter chapter three. Do you have it? First Peter chapter three, verse 18. Listen to me. Listen to this. I'll I'll read it for you. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit, by whom also he went and preached to the spirits in prison, who formerly were disobedient, when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah... While the ark was being prepared, in which, that is, eight souls were saved through water. Remember Noah? Okay, now look at at me a second. Noah got right with God. God said, build an ark. They got in the ark. The rains came. The water cleansed the earth. But the water that brought judgment on the earth saved Noah. Okay, and look at this, verse 21, there is also an antitype which now saves us, namely, what does it say? Baptism. Boy, I got quiet here. Can I read again? There is also an antitype, one that we see the illustration of this. Remember what I read in... in, in when he said baptismo is the same as Noah in the ark. Look at what it says. New Testament, your Bible. There is also an antitype which now saves us. Not forgives us, saves us. We're forgiven by the, by the blood of Jesus. But the word salvation, look at me. The word salvation in Greek is the word sozo, which means delivers us, prospers us cleanses us, brings us health, brings us joy, brings us happiness, brings us uh, prosperity. When Jesus died on the cross and they shoved a spear, Ezekiel 36, 24 through 30, we won't read it, go read it home. They shoved the spear in his side. That was a fulfillment of this scripture talking about what would happen when our savior. Out of that wound came what? Blood and water. Why water? Because water is a symbol of a cleansing so that we can have a new heart and receive the spirit of God that will lead us, teach us, and guide us. Jesus did not die of the crucifixion. He died of the weight of the sin and his heart burst with the pain of sin and out came blood and water. In Josephus Wars 4205, it says this, there are six levels in baptism. The highest is a spring or flowing water. There's six different ways that are acceptable by God to be baptized. If there's not enough water, we'll sprinkle you. If there's just enough water, we'll douse your head. But the highest level is to be in a river 
of living water. Of a river of living water, the highest level of all living waters, guess what river that is? The river, where did Jesus get baptized? The river Jordan. In the Hebrew Bible, you know, if you're in a desert, man, let's sprinkle you. If all we got is water, we'll just sprinkle you. If we can, we'll just drench your head. If we can, we'll immerse you in something. But the highest level is to be in living water. Because it takes our sins away, our curses away. The highest of all living waters is the river Jordan. Second Kings 5, let me read it to you real quick. Now, Naaman, the commander of the army of the king of Syria, was a great and honorable man in the eyes of his master because by him the Lord had given victory to Syria. He was also a mighty man of valor, but he was a, 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 a leper. I think the word leper in Hebrew is mezor, which means physical and spiritually unclean. Okay? He was a leper. And the Syrians had gone out on raids and had brought back a captive young girl from the land of Israel. She waited on Naaman's wife. Then she said to his mistress, if only my master were with the prophet who was in Samaria, for he would heal him of his leprosy. And Naaman went in and told the master, saying, thus and thus the girl had said for the land of Israel. So the king of Syria said, go now and I will send a letter to the king of Israel. So he departed and took with him 10 talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold and a whole bunch of other money. Okay, jump down for the sake of uh, time to uh, seven. And it happened that when the king of Israel read the letter that, that he tore his clothes and said, am I a God to kill and make alive that this man sends a man to me to heal him of his leprosy? Therefore, please consider and see how he seeks a quarrel with me. So it was when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had torn his clothes that he sent the king to the king saying, why have you torn your clothes? Please let him come to me and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. Then Naaman went with his horses and chariots and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. And Elisha sent a messenger him saying, go and wash, baptize yourself in the Jordan River, the highest form of living water. How many times? And your flesh shall be restored to you and you shall be clean. Naaman became furious and said, and went away and indeed said, uh, uh, I said to myself, he will surely come out and stand and call on the name of the Lord. Oh, I, Pastor Huck walked right past me and didn't say hi. <laughs> and wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy. Are not Abana and the far, far, the rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? And he turned and went away in rage. And his servants came near and spoke to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more when he says, wash and be cleansed? So he went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. And when he came up, his flesh was restored like a little child. He was born again physically and spiritually and the miracle of God came on him. Somebody say amen. That's why Jesus went to the river Jordan. Jesus. He didn't get baptized to join the church. He is the church. But when he went into the river Jordan and he came out, the limitations of this world were no longer on him. 
And he began to do signs and wonders and miracles. And the Holy Ghost came upon him. And the voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son. The same thing's going to happen in the last church that had happened in the first church. And you and I are going to walk in Holy Ghost and fire. Somebody say amen.